Before we get the show kicked off, my guest, the founder of WrestleVille.com, Vinny Berry, wanted me to tell you that while supplies last, when you buy a copy of his book, his brand new book, The Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1, you will receive one surprise autographed label. So when you first open your book, you could see that it's been signed by someone the likes of Rock and Roll Express's Ricky Morton, former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Tim Storm, Bobby Fulton, Sean Hernandez, or one of the many other professional wrestlers featured in this fantastic book. I repeat, fantastic book. So go ahead, head on over to LanceByChance.com and grab your copy of the Pro Wrestling Vault Volume 1 today. Again, that's LanceByChance.com. Now, let's begin the show. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund. My guest today is an award-winning photographer, the founder of WrestleVille, and the author of Lance by Chance Wrestling as a Von Eric, and the newly released WrestleVille, The Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1. Vinny Barry, me, Vinny Barry joining me on the show today. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join me. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And uh, firstly, I have to commend you on both books. Very good pieces that were super enjoyable and really easy reads. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And so, like, I want to get started off with uh, what, what did your journey look like before creating the website? Well, before I had created the website, I was writing for a lot of uh, boxing and MMA websites. And I was covering uh, boxing and MMA down here in South Texas. And uh, there for, I don't know, maybe about 2015, 16, it just kind of dried up a little bit. And uh, I wasn't, I, I wasn't participating in writing for, you know, that sport here. And so I, um, kind of wanted to write about something so that's that that was why I started the Russellville website and so like uh when did your love for pro wrestling begin I discovered professional wrestling I guess in the early 80s when I was living in the Dallas area and of course world-class championship wrestling was what I grew up on and that was um you know Part of the reason why I wanted to write write the book about Lance Von Erich and, and the Von Erichs. Oh, okay. And so I kind of learned from your second book in the preface of of the Pro Wrestling Vault Volume One that you were right secretly writing the Lance by Chance book when Kenny Casanova, who who's authored uh, many other wrestling biographies, including the late Vader and Kamala's books, um, asked you to work on a project for him and you kayfabed him. Well, the the real I think the real story behind that was was uh, I've I've thought about writing a book all my life, mm -hmm. 
And yeah, I'm 52 and I'm just now doing it. And so I really didn't know how to go about writing it, you know? And so I didn't really want to uh, make it publicly known that, you know, just in case if it never saw the light of day, I didn't want it, you know. All this hype around it, right? Say that again? Like all this hype around it pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And and, And also too, it was, to me, I thought one of the best kept secrets in wrestling too. And so I, you know, I kind of, I kind of felt like there was other people that probably wanted to write about it as well, you know? Yeah. And that was, and what that brings me to is like, it must've been like a crazy process try to trying to get in contact with Lance Vaughn. I would feel like, because he seemed to be like a very busy guy from what, like, as we, as I read your book, how were you able to find him? How receptive, receptive was he to the idea of a biography? Well, that was, you know what? I think I caught him at the right time, you know, the right time in his in his life. And, um, you know, I was talking to James Beard and I was interviewing James Beard. I was writing a little story on him. And, uh, you know, I, I had talked to him a couple of different times and Lance Von Eric came up and uh, in our conversation. And I was just always like, you know, what an interesting story that is and and what an interesting person that would be to write about and I just thought I was going to write something you know a short little story on my on my website and um, I did that but when I first reached out to him well James Beard told me how to get in touch with him and so when I reached out to him he his first thought and was like in reaction was well why do you want to do this and why why would anybody want to read this story and I said well I think people would find it very interesting that story got the most hits that I ever had on on my website you know and um, he was impressed with the story and I had told him I said look if you ever consider writing a book, just consider me, you know, I had, uh, I'd reached out to Buddy Landell right before he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I heard him on a podcast and he had said that nobody reached out to him about writing a book. So I reached out to Buddy Landell and then he died within, I don't know, a couple months, it, very soon after I reached out to him. So I felt like I was ready and when I asked Lance, you know, that, hey, if you consider doing it, consider me. And he said, write the book. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, I, I, I did, but we, the process was long because, you know, he lives in Mexico and we would have to pick up, pick a certain time. And um, I called him almost every Sunday for months. I can't tell you how long it was, but it was a while. And so, like, with that being said, that led me into my uh, next question. How long was the process in writing this book and then getting to the pu- getting to the publish date? It was about three and a half years. Oh, my. It was a long, long process. Yeah, that, that was a long process. And, and then, 
after I had interviewed him and I had all this information, I, I really didn't know how I was going to tell the story. And it probably took me, it probably took me a few months before I, you know, kind of worked on getting it to, to come out and to, to fit and to flow. And yeah, it was, it was a challenge. There's no doubt about that. And uh, so what I got from Lance's book, you, you and Lance's book, it was interesting because I didn't know a whole lot about the Von Erics outside of the tragedy and watched the Dark Side Ring episode about them. I didn't know about this other Von Eric Lance. And then I learned from this book is there's so much more than meets the eye with them. If you didn't know, like there's a lot of people probably just didn't know. They just thought he was a failed uh, wrestler and world-class championship wrestling. But this guy did a lot of different things. So like real estate, having success wrestling in South Africa, his wrestling career didn't end right after he left world-class as well as doing the gym business and then the timeshare business now in the, I think he said in the resort industry as well. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, what's so interesting is that, uh, you know, hardcore Von Eric fans just want to kind of, you know, forget about that, you know, that error, like that was just like the black eye on, but, you know, you got to remember for one thing, Fritz brought him in because David Von Erich died because of the tragedies and, and then, then kind of really put the rocket on him because of Mike was sick as well. And so, you know, you, you had this guy who wasn't really a Von Erich, but I mean, really took on the duties of being a Von Erich because, you know, there was a particular time where he was the only Von Erich wrestling and for several months and and a lot of people uh forget that you know but i lived there and i and i saw it and i remember i was like hey lance is the only von eric i think a lot of people you know i mean look if the von eric said this guy was purple they believed them right mm -hmm. but you know now everyone's like well i i knew he wasn't really a von eric I don't think you did, you know, because we all, we all were drinking the Kool-Aid, right? And back then, you know, it, it's not, it wasn't uncommon for people to do that in wrestling, you know? I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't related and they say they're related, you know, but on this case, you know, for Lance, you know, uh, it's like, nobody was going to stand for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was like, it was kind of like, um, I don't know, like part of that Von Eric legacy that nobody wants to remember. And it been like, I was seeing like stuff, like when I remember reading, reading stuff with Lance is that like the Von Eric's like no showed stuff a lot seemed like. Yeah, they, they did. And it was, you know, uh, Lance describes it as well. He didn't know if if they were doing it because um, they felt like they could get away with it because it was their dad's company, or maybe because they were partying too much, you know. And uh, it seemed like that from from what I gathered, it seemed like the best relationship that Lance had with any of the Von Ericks was seemed like Carrie. Right. Yeah. Well, they they both. Uh, had like the the same you know 
physical working out at uh, work ethic in that regard. You know, they they both had bodybuilding bodies and, uh, you know, they uh, Carrie was such an easygoing, you know, guy, you know, is he had this outgoing personality and the way that that Lance described it was like Kevin was a little more rigid, like his dad, you know, it was, and, and Fritz was a little intimidating. A lot of people uh, didn't like to approach Fritz, you know, cause he was kind of gruff and stuff. And, and, and Kevin kind of had that, I don't know, maybe that personality a little bit more like his dad, but Carrie was, you know, happy go lucky and easygoing and, you know, he liked to to make people laugh, and and he was a good guy. You know, he was a he, he was an easy guy to talk to. And like uh, through in this in this book, uh, Lance by Chance, there is one story in here that I absolutely loved, and I didn't want to dive in too far into the book other than just this one little story. How fun was it to write that uh, part of the uh, bike journey in Africa, that long bike mm-hmm. journey? Yeah, it, it was fun, you know, and uh, Lance, uh, Lance and his friends, uh, you know, Lance is an extremist, you know, I mean, he, he would do, you know, things that most people wouldn't do. And they got this idea, him and his friends, uh, why don't we ride our, our bikes to the Republic of Congo? And um you know, the Republic of Congo was, I can't remember the exact miles, but they drove from where they lived in, in South Africa to um, the, what was it, the border of Zimbabwe? It was like 800, I think it was like 800 miles or something like that. Right. And then, it, yeah, and then they, they did 800 miles on their bikes. And um, yeah, they, they had a lot of adventures on there, you know, and and they, he discusses it in the book, some of the things that they they had to eat, uh, some of the things that they had to endure and put up with. Uh, you know, sometimes they would ride on top of a, a bus, you know, um, you, you know, to take a break. Um, and uh, they were apprehended by or I guess they they encountered uh, little kids that would. Um, you know, in some of these rural places of of uh, Zimbabwe or, or Zaire, they'd, they'd come across these kids who had these machine guns and they would like, give us your money, give us your money. And, um, you know, they, they came up with a way to, you know, not give them their money. <laughs> yeah. And I think there was a portion where they were getting chased by an elephant in there too as well. That, that's right. That's right. Oh man, that had to be frightening to say the least. So looking at the, re- like, so writing about Lance, what was the most interesting you learned about him in uh, the process of writing the book? Well, Lance is, is pretty much an open book. I mean, that guy was, you know, for someone who is as private as he is, and he, let me tell you, he is private. There's, you know, if you notice in the book, he 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 talks a lot about himself, but he talks a lot about the wrestling and things he did. You know, he doesn't talk about his family or there's some things that he just 
wasn't going to talk about. And he says, it doesn't need to be in the book. It doesn't need. So he was private, but he was honest to a fault. And I, and I say that because there'd be some things like, at the time I was, I was talking to this English teacher and she was like, well, you got to, you know, really describe the detail and, and get detail. So I was like, well, what color was it? And how big was it? And what did it look like? And I'd get all this detail yeah. from him, right? And when I'd ask him questions like that, he'd say, well, hey, wait, whoa, you're not going to write about that, are you? And I said, well, yeah, I was going to. And he goes, no, no, don't write about that. And I said, oh, okay. And then we get to another part of the story and something else. And I said, oh, so I suppose you don't want me to write about this either. He goes, no, I don't care. Write about that. Put it <laughs> in the book. And I was like, dude, if I were you, I would tell the other story and not tell this one. <laughs> you know, it was. It's, but it's, that it's, was it's kind of interesting how he's so private at the same time. He's so open about other things. It's kind yeah, of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Yeah, there was some things I, I could not pry out of them. And then there are some things that I was like, dude, let's tone that down a little bit. You know, it's almost too descriptive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, moving over to your latest book, the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume One, um, the style of the uh, Pro Wrestling Vault is much like your website, WrestleVille.com. It's very unique and unlike really anything I've read personally. And, uh, and in it, we get a really good mix of like short stories. It almost seemed like they were like mini biographies on many wrestlers we know, uh, some of which uh, are journeymen and others were currently on the rise and some of them legends. Was that your goal coming into it to get that kind of mix or has that kind of just happened as you were putting the book together? Well, you know, I, you know, as I was reaching, you know, when I was initially writing the stories, I was just reaching out to um, to wrestlers on the scene. And I didn't know if, you know, I didn't know who I was going to get. You know, I mean, when I when I interviewed Harley Race, I didn't know I was that was going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I was pretty excited about that. But, you know, um, as I was moving on, you know, uh, I get I guess the answer to your question is I wanted to write about a different uh just a different uh you know i didn't want to hit all legends because there's a lot of people rising up and a lot of people that grinding it out that haven't got the exposure that maybe they they deserve and i wanted to kind of shine that spotlight on those people you know i wanted to uh tell these stories there there's some people in that book that had been wrestling for 20 years and and never never broke that you know that proverbial glass or, ceiling or whatever they yeah, call it right and i thought that i thought it was a really cool mix you get to learn about people about professional wrestlers that like you said have been around for a, quite a long time and but like have not broken through that glass ceiling some people i didn't know about it was cool to learn about those people as well as the legends and other and uh, other wrestlers on the rise as well yeah, and that was that was the whole thing about when I was starting to write about wrestling was I wanted to tell I wanted to tell stories, right? But I wanted to tell stories that, you know, maybe some people weren't, you know, aware of, you know, and I wanted to tell stories of people who 
who nobody heard of, you know, and when I found Mike Rapata, uh, I thought Mike Rapata was, was such a good story to write about because, you know, here he was, he held the NWA world heavyweight title twice. He had the same belt that Ric Flair held, but, you know, a lot of people don't know Mike Rapata because Mike Rapata wrestled in 2000, you know, in, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. And that's when he was champion. And, and the NWA wasn't what it was when Ric Flair was the, the champion. And so, you know, I thought that was important to get his story out, to tell that story, you know, another one in there. I, I, I like, it was the last one of the book, which was Sir Mo, which was quite interesting. I had never known what, uh, about what he and uh, Mabel or Viscera people would know him as from the WWE. I did not know what like that story of them and him being a like inspirational speaker now. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he has SOAR Championship Wrestling in Dallas, and uh, I went up there last summer. And he really does spend a lot of time with the the youth. There's uh, I met a, a young man up there. He's probably I think he was about 14 and he came over to my table where I was selling books and I had um, the pro wrestling vault wasn't out yet, but I did have like a, like a prototype, like a, a sample of, mm -hmm. I was taking pre-orders and, you know, you could go through it. It was about 50 pages, but you know, it, it gave an idea of what was going to be in the book. And uh, this young man came over and, he picked it up and he goes, he was talking about the book. And I said, Hey, Sir Mo's in that book. Do you know who Sir Mo is? And he goes, man, he trains me in wrestling. <laughs> That's awesome. You know? And so he, he works with all ages, you know, and, you know, and so, but what he does is he teaches these kids that, you know, there is a better way than, you know, causing trouble or you know not being responsible you know there is a better way of you know buckling down in school and staying out of trouble and doing something pro productive and being being active in your community and and that's what he's teaching these young people and like he also he was talking about how he well, didn't grow up with like a father figure because his father wasn't present which that that was pretty inspirational too as well like, like right. he, because he wanted to use that as motivation to like to talk to other kids and help other kids who may have had that kind of situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's what he did for Mabel. You know, uh, he when he met Mabel, Mabel was in a lot of trouble. And uh, his real name's Nelson, Mabel's name is. And, and he was in a lot of trouble. And uh, his dad didn't know what else to do with him. Uh, and, and they met. Bobby Horn at the wrestling school where he was training. And that day when they were introduced to each other, uh, Bobby Horn told Nelson's dad that, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll be a mentor to him. You know, I'll be a, a positive influence on, on your son because he wanted to train and, and they lived far away. And so I, I believe that Mabel moved in with Bobby. Yeah. He and, did. and that's how they, they became, you know, a, a, a partnership, you know? 
It was just super cool to read that. I did not know about that with them and the men on the mission. I knew about that group, but that was super cool to learn about Sir Mo. So a lot of the book is NWA based and out of the South and Southwest United States. So like you said, you were world-class championship wrestling. You kind of grew up on that kind of stuff. Did you follow the NWA as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, how, how that theme came in the book was, uh, my friend John Paul LeBlanc, who supplied most of the pictures, and there's about 400 pictures in that book. A lot of great know. ones. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he he's very uh, takes a lot of pride in his work, and he uh, he covers the Gulf Coast region of the United States. He he's from New Orleans, but he he'll go to Alabama, Mississippi. Was in Florida last night, and. You know, he he covers that whole southeastern part of the United States. And, you know, he had so many uh, pictures and he has a lot of like what we would call like promo pictures. Right. Like the the champions with the belt and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He had so many NWA champions. And that's why I wanted to put them throughout the book was to kind of mark that error, you know, to bring back memories of like, oh, I remember that champion i remember jazz or i remember uh rob conway when he was champion and stuff like that like adam pierce as well too and adam pierce yeah and and yeah i liked adam pierce you know i thought for the era that he was world champion i thought he was amazing and i you know he he kind of missed uh the golden age right or the you know the error that was publicized and mm-hmm. and he he grinded it out yeah you know? he was he was a little bit like just right he was just right before that era where it started to come back again it seemed like right exactly um yeah he's doing well for himself now in wwe too as he as an authority figure <laughs> well he's you know very talented and very knowledgeable wrestler i mean the guy knows the business inside and out and you can see where he is today he is, you know, using what he knows to, you know, help the sport. And he certainly is. Um, so we look at the book. Actually, just actually, I just want to do a fun little question. Um, who are some of your favorite wrestlers growing up? Since you kind of since you kind of grew up with world class championship wrestling. Well, I, I like Kerry Von Erich, and I like Ric Flair. Um, I love Eddie Gilbert. And um, I thought he was amazing mind for the business. Um, golly, Harley Race. I liked Harley Race. Um, you know, those are, are some of the ones off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I liked the Von Erichs. I liked, um, you know, because I lived in Dallas. I mean, that was kind of what I, I grew up on. Mm-hmm. And they were an institution. Von Erichs were there in Dallas. It was oh it, my goodness, and it was worldwide too because they got the what the Christian Broadcasting Network uh, out right. in out in what was it uh, out in the was Middle East? Even it was Israel. Yes, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, and there's some really good stories of of them going to Israel in there, and I think there's a lot of people are surprised when you you talk about that book. I was talking to somebody and and when he I was on a I guess another podcast and 
one of the guys that was on the show, they were asking me about the Lance book and he was really surprised about what we were talking about. And he goes, well, I thought it was about Lance. And I said, well, it is about Lance, but it's also about what happened in world class when he was there. And he, you know, they brought him in, right. You know, they discovered him right after David Von Erich died. They sent him up to Portland. They brought him down in uh, October of 85 mm-hmm. and he wrestled. Um, Gino Hernandez died shortly after uh, they went to Israel. Kerry had his motorcycle accident. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happened in that short period of time when he was there. And mm-hmm. that, I think that's what makes the story so intriguing, mm-hmm. you know, because he touches on all that stuff, you know, and he talks, he, he talk, talks about his friendship with Bruce Brody and he talks about, um, you know, Chris Adams and what happened in Israel and, uh, you know, the incident where Chris Adams had butted the pilot on the plane oh, yeah. and all that's in the book, you know, and it, and, and a lot of people are surprised, but, you know, he was there, you know, and that's why, you know, the, the story is so good. Certainly it is very, it's a lot, lots of great little stories placed in Lance by chance and moving back over to the, uh, pro wrestling vault, uh, the stories we get in the book kind of range from April, 2017 to March, 2018, which uh, saw the end of Bruce Tharp's run as the owner of the NWA, and then Corgan taking over, Billy Corgan, the front man for Smashing Pumpkins, taking over in October of 2017, if I'm correct. Did you see any, like, major changes between Tharp's NWA and Corgan's NWA? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even yeah. on a regional level? Yeah, well, um, the NWA, you could find, you know, down here, you know, regular, you know, I mean, it was, you know, they had shows in San Antonio or uh, even in uh, Brownsville. And, you know, I mean, but when Billy Corrigan took over, it it was kind of stationary, you know, it wasn't like, you know, it it, it didn't travel like it, like it was, you know, but, but they had like 20 different promotions that were represented by the NWA or represented the NWA, however you want to say it. But but when Billy Corgan took over, you know, he put a stop to all that, you know, that these little promotions across the United States uh, were no longer to uh, be affiliated with the NWA. And, and that hurt a lot of these businesses because of the NWA being um, such a known entity. And then... Uh, you know, it, it kind of took away a little bit of a luster from these these smaller promotions that were running uh, in these places. You know, some of them continue to do well, but some of them, you know, um, I'm, I'm I'm sure it hurt them their businesses a lot. I, and I didn't know that. That was I didn't know that was the effect of that transition. Like it pretty much it was it hurt a lot of the regional smaller ones. And it that's is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I knew some promoters that were really upset that they could no longer use the NWA name. And I said, yeah, but you got such a good product, you know? And he goes, yeah, but the, I mean, 
it, the, the name is has been around for 50 years, you know, and it, it's it means something. So that was the one thing. One thing I'd like to say about the, the books, uh, you know, the the Lance Von Eric is is an autobiography and then the the pro wrestling vault is a short story. So it's it's a different book. You know, I mean, it definitely has a different feel to it, but I'm really proud of it because you can pick it up and you don't have to commit yourself to the whole thing uh, right away. But it's one of those books that it, it's hard to put down. No, you know? it certainly is. I had, I, yeah. I, I, I could, I was, I didn't put it down. I think I read for finished the book out. Um, I think I had about 30, 40 pages for well, 50 pages left. I, I, uh, cranked it out in two hours today. It was such an easy read and it was so nice. Yeah. And, and then when you get tired of reading, you can just go through the pictures and then, you know, there's so many pictures in there when you, when you flip back and you go back and say, Oh, I, I don't remember seeing this one, you know I mean? And you like see, oh, you like see some certain like even bigger names in there. You, I saw a picture in there of AJ Styles, who's a huge star right. in WWE now. Absolutely. And there's a picture in there of Keith Lee too. And, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, been through the independent scene. And, you know, the, another thing why I like that book is, you know, it celebrates wrestling. You know, it, 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 it gives some exposure to the people that that haven't had a lot of exposure mm-hmm. and then then you're reminded of some of these better veteran wrestlers you know guys like cw anderson uh damian wayne uh harley race larry henning bill dundee you know bushwhacker luke you know you get these guys that have uh really cemented their name and you know i just it, it's such a mix of of good stuff that you know, wrestling fans from all over, you know, a lot of people, oh, it's, it's, it's Gulf Coast heavy. Well, the pictures, yeah, the pictures were taken in the Gulf Coast region of the United States, but the stories are wide range from all over the country, you know? Yeah, it's, it's certainly, that's the case. And like, even if you don't want to sit down and read like the whole book, but you can pick out, you can pick out any story you want to read in the book at any time. And it, and you can get your enjoyment out of that as well. Sure. It's like that. Just you could pick out what the Carly Rae story or the Bill Dundee story or one of each. Like you could pick out one and read at one time. And then I think uh, I think Kenny Casanova said it was he said a little funny thing in the forward or that it's like, oh, you could read this on the crapper. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and somebody somebody was saying was. uh, uh you know that he i guess he rides the bus to school or to work or something and he was like man i think it's great that you know you could read two or three stories and then get off and go to work and then come back and you know so yeah it's a convenient it's it's convenient too and uh so we talked you mentioned one of the names bushwhacker luke in the book and uh some of the names in the pro wrestling vault volume one like incredibly legendary uh ricky morton of the rock and roll express uh, the late Harley Race, Bushwhacker Luke, uh, Tracy Smothers, amongst many others. Uh, is there a story of someone in particular in the book that you got like extra enjoyment out of writing? Because it had to be exciting to talk to and tell stories of these uh, wrestling legends. Well, I, I, 
I loved everything about this book, you know, to put putting this thing together. I mean, I learned so much about these people uh, by doing doing this, you know, um, I could I could sit here and think of something, you know, but, you know, there was so many interesting things that that just really amazed me. You know, I I like the story of Sir Mo. I, I, I didn't know that either. You know uh, how he met Nelson and and his, you know, growing up without a father and and knowing that that was important to help other people. You know, I didn't know that part. You know, Tracy Smothers, I've talked to many wrestlers. Um, Chris Michaels talks about it in, in this book, but I interviewed Jer Jeremiah Plunkett recently, and he said the same thing about Tracy Smothers that, you know, that he would go out of his way to help these people grow, you know, go, go out of his way to, you know, pass the, the, the business of professional wrestling and, you know, spend a lot of time with people helping them uh, just be better, you know, mm -hmm. and to hear, you know, several people tell you that, you know, wow, you get a pretty good idea of who he was as, as a, as a person and how much he loved wrestling. And there's a story in there about Harley race. You know, he, his brother and his father took him to a wrestling match. He wanted to train so, so bad. He was about 14, 15 years old. And, you know, his parents like, Hey, go to school, go to school, get your school done. And then he went to school and punched his principal in the face and he got kicked out of school. And so can I wrestle now? <laughs> it was such an interesting way to get involved in wrestling. It was, he was doing everything possible to, to, he wanted to get into professional wrestling because he loved it so much. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've, I've shared this story a couple of times, but, you know, I, I called him up. I, I interviewed Larry Henning first and I, I was interviewing them for the tag team induction for the pro wrestling hall of fame. And after I talked to Larry Henning, he said, well, what did Harley say? And I said, well, I haven't talked to Harley. He goes, are you going to call Harley? I said, I don't have Harley's number. He goes, well, give me a minute and I'll get it. So he gave me his number. I called Harley, told him what I was going to do. He talked to me for about 40 minutes. Wow. He told me to call the, the next day at his gym to ask for somebody and he'd email me a picture. So I did that. But when I called the next day, Harley answered. And we talked for another hour and a half. Oh, my goodness. And that's how I got the, the story of him, how he went to the wrestling show and punched his principal. And, you know, he told me all that stuff. And and he just loved talking about wrestling, you know, and he just, you know, was. You know, it was it was his life. And you could just there's probably so many different stories you pulled out of him in that what hour forty minutes that you talked to him, right? And it's right. it, it kind of almost had to be mind blowing to be talking to Harley Race. It's like with the guy of his stature too. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he he was one of the guys where I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm talking to him. Bushwhacker Luke was one. Uh, C W C W Anderson. I was. You know, like, wow, you know, I was kind of surprised I was talking to him. Um, but all these guys were just so generous with their time and uh, just really easy guys to talk to, you know. Mm -hmm. So what have you enjoyed most about the, the process of writing the books? Because 
it had to be fun to get to tell the stories of these all these wrestlers yeah i mean i i think that just telling the stories you know i've been in um i mean i'm a videographer i've worked for news and you know news companies and i've i've you know uh written for some newspapers i mean you know telling stories and 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 explaining things is something i've been kind of doing most of my adult life you know and so you know being able to do it about something that i'm so passionate about and something that i i really enjoy uh writing about is it yeah it's it's a great thrill for me you know and then when people read the 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 material and they enjoy it i yeah there's a there's a great deal of satisfaction that comes along with that you know yeah it's quite incredible and you can find both of these books i have them sitting here right here with me putting them up to the camera a little bit closer um you can find the pro wrestling vault volume one and lance by chance at lancebychance.com um is there anything you else you would like to add Vinny? yeah well and also too uh you can if you're on the wrestleville website there's a link that'll take you to the lance by chance uh wrestling store where you can buy the books but um yeah i i think i think uh fans and and readers are going to enjoy both these stories uh again i'm i'm really pleased with the outcome of the pro wrestling vault because what what i think is neat about it is um how it kind of ties in you know when when you start reading these stories and how one story kind of ties in maybe mm -hmm. a couple of chapters down the road and you know it was like uh, ricky morton's and chase uh chase owens story kind of yeah. did that barrett brown and you mr usa and eric andrews story kind of did that uh, Tracy was, mothers and chris michaels you know things like that it just and it and it continued too like with even with uh tim storm and um bruce thorpe and it just how it just kind of all went full circle it all yeah it all somehow tied up at by the end of the book like there was like even the late the did the NWA I think junior heavyweight title was kind of the lineage of that was going on throughout the book title changes and everything as well. Right, right. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. And uh, where can uh, everyone find your uh, work, your other writing work, and uh, uh, you on social media as well? Well, you can find me on Facebook at Vincent Berry. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Russell underscore Bill. And let's see, you want to contact me by email, WrestlevilleUSA at gmail.com. And my other work, uh, I don't know if those uh, websites are still in existence. Um, I was going to talk about Wrestleville.com. Oh, that's Wrestleville.com. Yeah, you can find all my writing and podcasts at Wrestleville.com. Yeah, certainly a lot of great articles in there. One recently I read, uh, Thunder Rosa. Uh, that was very cool re reading about her uh, unsanctioned match against Britt Baker and right uh, and starting uh, was it Mission Pro Wrestling, right? Yeah, and then she talks about the girls and uh, the some of the talent that she's working with, and yeah, they've got a they've got a really good thing going on in in Mission Pro, and and I've had the opportunity to see one of their shows, and it's outstanding. 
I can only imagine with the talent she possesses and she's she's really blown up in the last uh, year or so. Like they Man. like when the when the NWA presented her at the way they did and then all the way up to AEW, it's been quite impressive. I Man, I discovered her when she first, you know, I, I mean, I've been watching her when she first hit the scene and I've seen a lot of growth in her and um, she's, I mean, she has really been through it, man. I mean, she's been grinding it out and she is, she's a superstar, no doubt about it. Yeah. And I, I was, I was blown away. Like I, well, I think it was the first time they started doing NWA power on YouTube uh, before the pandemic and I was like I they they were kind of teasing her for a while and then they presented her I'm like this woman's a star like it, yeah. it she she had it it was oh yeah you could just tell she had it from the get-go she's had it for a long time yep that's for <laughs> sure but uh thank you again for joining me on the show Vinny today I really appreciate your time it had a whole lot of fun talking about your books and uh I hope you have a Merry Christmas yeah, you too. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.